you seen much uh, William Friedkin? I just think like probably like The Exorcist and Cruising. I think that's it. Not even French Connection? Not seen the French Connection. I mean, honestly, you put the French Connection and this one in there. That's all I've seen. So, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm I, a novice myself. I haven't even seen Sorcerer. Yeah, Sorcerer is one like I've been wanting to watch for like five years. And I mean... I mean, I liked cruising a good amount, but it, I think this this one really oh, impressed me. This like is I, the best one I've seen. From yeah, him. it makes yeah. me definitely makes me want to explore his filmography further. And I'm sure there's some freaking experts out there listening, you know, shaking the, their heads at us right now, being like, "These guys, the way they move, the way they hold their posture, they haven't seen any freaking." They're they're so angry that they're <laughs> sending me a eight plus gigabyte MKV file of Sorcerer. True. That's how mad they are. <laughs> or just a Blu-ray disc. The most condescending thing you could do. Like, <laughs> send someone to fight. Here, do your homework. Do your fucking homework. <laughs> I did my homework. <laughs> <laughs> you know who didn't do their homework? Is William Peterson's character in this movie, Chance, who might be the least effective uh, fucking cop I've ever seen lead a movie. I mean, you know, it's... He, I, he, he had information sources that he was keeping a good relationship with. I, I think... People are a little too hard on him. I oh, think okay. Finish that statement. His heart was in the right place. His heart was in the right place. I mean, exactly. You know, I mean, his partner got killed. It's true. He had three days left to retirement. Yeah, Eddie. If if I got killed and you had to go find, you know, what well, was I three days away from replacing you already? <laughs> Take the three days out of it. Take the three days out of it. I, 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 if you made a moral mistake on that pursuit. I wouldn't judge you too harshly. You okay. were killed podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to hijack some other podcast. It turned out to be an FBI podcast. <laughs> we're going to come in. I know where they give the Patreon funds. I know where they exchange. If you get 10000 you got to go in person. It's pure cash. I have very important information about the Blank Check <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we uh, rob one of their poker games. <laughs> yeah, those guys are definitely betting big money. Um, so this movie, To Live and Die in L.A., the 1985 film by William Friedkin, uh, I guess the closest analog that I've seen from Friedkin would be The French Connection in that it is a very chase-heavy uh, cop crime thriller. Um, but this one isn't your average cop movie. It is a, about a Secret Service agent, played by William Peterson, uh, Chance, and he kind of has to go up against both the criminals and the other uh, branches of, um, what's it called? Uh, law enforcement. Like, it's one of those things where uh, the, the bureaucratic heads and the ju- the jurisdiction uh, heads are bumping up against each other, which is always fun to see. I feel like the script is so, like, elemental in that. Like, it just has to introduce the idea that, you know, maybe the FBI will get involved and fucked up and the local PD, too, will also fuck it up. Uh, but there's not too much, like, density in the police procedural element of it. It really is, like a bare bones vehicle for action scenes and awesome William Peterson just like looming, you know? And I mean, you know, of course, Defoe's in this movie as well. So good. Playing a very, very particular type of villain, you know, kind of a demeanor. I feel like it's kind of unique, you know, with with this kind of like a, this, this art, this artistic guy who's getting into, you know, who's taken from the canvas to the counterfeiting game. And, uh, he, you know, it turns out he's real good at it, and I don't. I don't know. Just I. Th- one, one thing I like about this movie, and like I think the Defoe character, and like how he's involved with different people, helps that. Is that like it being a chase movie? It really makes a point to kind of like 
give you every single side of LA. Every like you know, maybe mm-hmm. not every single, but so many different types of people and persons and like just locations in Los Angeles that you know just give this movie like great visual flair, visual like just an interest in you know kind of just the differing of the locations and I don't know. It seems to like uh, I don't know. Just knows them very well in a way where they would pick the visually interesting things about them kind of like when freak can ever kind of like rises up from like those off-ramp bridges or whatever and you see that and it's just like i've i've driven past those so many times i've never you know never really had a reason to go on that off-ramp but i'm always wondering what's going on over there and uh, old billy gives us the answer <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to say oh, something. Well, I mean, I one thing also I really loved was the Wang Chung soundtrack. That oh, was a, yeah. a great part of, uh, I don't know, you need something to drive around to. Exactly. <laughs> you got to crank up the tunes. Oh, and I mean, yeah, they're, they're wonderful, wonderful music going on here. I also love just how wide open this film feels. It never really feels claustrophobic. Uh, it Like, you know, you have those way more wide open shots out in Lancaster or wherever that, uh, that, little warehouses that they're making the counterfeit money uh and willem dafoe he plays rick masters who's an artist of counterfeit and uh who william peterson and his new partner played by john pankow uh are trying to set up by like getting a hand-to-hand purchase a a deal catching them in the act of selling counterfeit bills and I love uh, Defoe's character because he is like a temperamental perfectionist artist who, you know, burns anything he doesn't like, including his paintings. We see him burning one of his paintings right in the beginning and burning money that like exchanged hands even and didn't do anything else just because he doesn't trust the people who saw the money even. And uh, I, I don't know that like constantly erasing his footsteps as he goes makes him such a more like lucrative villain. Yeah, I like I mean every character in this is like so fucking sleazy like mm-hmm. dean stockwell's like lawyer, lawyer character uh john Turturro. like i think when there's like a whiff of like even like sincerity when john Turturro is like saying that he needs to go to the hospital uh to was his lie that like to see his, his like daughter. his daughter his sick daughter it's like there's no fucking way yeah. like it's yeah. just, it just everyone makes up is a too name. fucking sinister <laughs> it's so great because uh yeah he's like William Peterson has uh, Totoro in custody and he's like, all right, we can stop at the hospital because you're working for me now. We're going to do this. You're going to be an informant. And he just keeps him handcuffed. And, you know, Totoro says something about how, like, uh, you know, I see things a lot different now because of my kid. You know, I don't want to mess up anymore. Uh, And he says this just like after introducing the idea that he has a kid even and just makes up a name. And that name does end up being a patient at the hospital because it was like as generic a name as he could think of. Well, doesn't he get it from like, I imagine from someone in prison because they say. Oh, yeah. They said someone in there uh, like knew that woman that was in there. But yeah, so it's like doesn't match. It's a grown adult black woman, not the the daughter of John Turturro. but yeah, he just like beats the shit out of Peterson once Peterson trusts him enough to undo the handcuffs. Just again, messing up as hard as he possibly can. Yeah. Like, what are you doing uncuffing him there? <laughs> but it's so funny because Peterson is just like, it's kind of the opposite side of the coin of Manhunter, uh, where he still has that obsessive quality uh, in Manhunter, which he starred in a year later. But the effectiveness is like on the other end of the sure. spectrum, and he's also he's a thrill seeker too. And like, oh yeah, he's a base a, jumper, a base jumper, which, which is which, so sick. It's so sick, and like, I love the introduction of the movie, especially as the rest of the movie unfolds, because it it, it like it's very different. Like it, it has him and you know the partner that 
gets killed, which, you know, sets off, you know, kind of like all these chases, him trying to find the guy who killed him. But like we see them uh, take down an Islamic extremist or whatever. And in that sequence, like Peterson's about to get got, he's about to like let um, that guy like blow up the whole building. But luckily his partner's hanging on the ledge and like, you know, yanks that guy's ankle, you know, and caused him to blow up in midair, a great explosion. But you already could kind of see like, Peterson's, you know, a bit unhinged, you know, he's a bit, you know, off the rails and, you know, he's, he's going to be, you know, he's kind of, if he were a sports player, you'd love him, right? You know, he'd be, you know, fear, a fearless guy, but when it comes to law enforcement, maybe that's not a great quality. Yeah, maybe it's not <laughs> interesting. I, maybe we're too hard on these. Cops. I was, I was, I had this thought while watching this is maybe this is propaganda because while watching to live and die in LA, I was like, if cops had like. <laughs> like numbers and like they kept their stats like like, i joined like good stat good like they get stats for good things that good deeds that they do arrests or like they helped old lady cross the street (laughs) (laughs) yeah why don't we see any cop movies where the guys are helping old ladies cross the street but but you know i'm not even trying to harp on that it's just kind of more of the you know the more uh, I don't know the liking stats part of me where it's like <laughs> it's yeah like I'm you're own. on your fantasy cop league. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm drafting like, Will Graham for Manhunter first. You know you know what made me think this is because Peterson's rocking like a isn't he rocking an L.A. Rams jersey during oh, yeah. one of one of the chase sequences and so like it's, a jacket right yeah I think I think it's, it's a jersey, jersey. it says under like, his, uh, jersey under, under a jacket under yeah, a jacket yeah, yeah. fifty two um, damn so that I, is pretty fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see, you get where I'm coming from now. If mid chase, you know, chases. Yeah, on foot, the chase. Cops the, get more points for chases. The the foot chase in the airport it's, is so sick. Oh, like yeah. when he's chasing Totoro through the airport, and like you get that little walking escalator thing where Totoro's using that to speed up, and then uh, he just fucking I almost called him Will Graham, but uh, uh, P- Peterson, aka Chance, jumps up on that middle railing and just goes above everybody, and it's just like. So many just incredible shots of motion and just like him rising above this huge crowd of people, uh, half moving one way, half moving the other way. I think that the the sense of motion in this film doesn't feel nearly as constricted as like something like the French Connection, which I mean, the chases in the French Connection are fucking brilliant. But I, I like this one even more because it just feels more, I don't know, spontaneous, wide open. You know, you, the car chases where you're going fucking against the flow of traffic, oh. which also is like crazy because he has them going on the wrong side of the road initially too. like, yeah, technically, uh, uh, Peterson and Pankow, they're driving on the right side of the road, and Friedkin has the oncoming traffic all going on the wrong side of the road. Yeah. So it, like, kind of creates, like, the, a double reversal of what should normally be happening. It just makes it even more fucking confusing. Well, that chase is amazing, and it's, like, kind of maybe their biggest fuck-up, right? Where they yeah. kill they kill this guy that they think is associated with... Uh, you know, Defoe, the counterfeiter, but it's actually an FBI agent. Well, they don't yeah. even really think that. I, I'm pretty sure they were yeah. going to kidnap that guy strictly For to steal his money. Because okay. yeah. that guy was going to make a buy. And uh, uh, Peterson's informant, who he has sex with, uh, who he delivers the great line, you want bread? Fuck a baker. The best line in the movie, part <laughs> That's, none. That, that one's, I will give that one best status. But... <laughs> I do like when uh, his partner at the beginning says, yeah, you're such a fucking hot dog. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is good. <laughs> uh, uh, Ca- calling people a hot dog or saying, like, hot do- you're hot dogging it. I need yeah. to get that, that in my that lexicon. Rules, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. does rule. 
<laughs> We've talked about hot dogging on this show. That's or true. The wings of eagles. The first action scene <laughs> is that is pure hot dog. <laughs> hot dogging is kind of a, that's an easy hack to get me to like something. Yeah. Like this movie's great. The characters are saying hot dogging. But uh, she tells him that like this guy's coming in with fifty grand to buy jewelry that might be hot or something mm-hmm. like that or drugs maybe. Uh, and he's just like, I only care about play doh, baby. You know, because <laughs> 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 he's just a counterfeit specialist, I guess. Uh, so yeah, he's just doing that to steal the money to make a buy from Willem Dafoe because his department won't front him the cash to make the buy. And like that that chase sequence in particular is is so insane. It has so many different like. Uh, like like stages. parts yeah stages that's exactly the word I was looking for like thinking of like the euphoria you get when Peterson escapes through the LA River and like him driving through that is like amazing you know what I mean and then then you realize they're still on them too but it's just such a like a sick sequence that you know then of course he's driving against the road or whatever and it you know it makes sense because I was thinking it's like damn this dude's got a lot of motherfuckers you know riding for him but it's it makes sense that that guy was an fbi agent because yeah. of like the 17 people that are chasing yeah. Just with fully automatic <laughs> weapons yeah and yeah like, no that shot of the dude pulling oh. up like over the bridge like the uh, the uh the fbi guys protecting uh the dude are like you know they they lose them and so our two heroes uh, are holding this guy at gunpoint and then you just see the shot from a bridge over them and you just see one of those guys creep into frame and get over the shoulder him pointing an assault rifle at them and uh yeah those shots are like what starts one of the craziest chases i've ever seen and then, like, I, how it all ends, too, with, like, kind of, like, there being, like, a highway backup and some of the agents are standing on their car with their guns, like, oh, god damn it. It's, yeah, I guess I, I wish I could do more than just describe it, I guess, but it is. Yeah, I mean, it's literally something you have to see for yourself. And so, apparently, like, also, uh, <laughs> Peterson was doing a lot of the stunt driving. There's there's wow. a lot of stunt drivers in this movie and, like, a lot of, uh, there's like five different choreographers credited pretty much because there's so much like different types of action going on. Like there's a dance choreographer, a uh, hand and like on foot stunt choreographer and a driving choreographer as well. Um, but uh, yeah, at the end of that scene, it's so funny how like uh, the two partners, you know, Peterson and Pancow, they're just like walking along just completely defeated even though they got away from the chase because they know they fucked up so bad and you just have these guys passing by listening to reggae on a boom box <laughs> and it's like the weirdest note of just like uh i don't know just in- making it feel not actually more realistic but like the the fake version of realism uh <laughs> that was so in vogue at the time like this got a lot of miami vice comparisons as well which also got a lot of rep for being like a gritty show despite how stylized it is mm-hmm. uh this is kind of the same thing where it's like that faux realism that's hyper stylized it's shot by robbie mueller and they they do a lot of like run and gun stuff on this apparently they shot a lot of rehearsal and shot a lot of first takes that were used in this film or they obviously shot a lot of first takes but they used a lot of first takes in the edit and used some stuff that was initially for rehearsal even uh, just because he wanted that spontaneity he was running gunning without permits in some street scenes Uh, I I know LAX security apparently got super pissed at the production because of Peterson just running on the little uh, the handrail (laughs) that was real (laughs) (laughs) it was yeah Yeah, that's sick I mean, I think, uh, you know, you got to give Billy a lot of credit, but this, this is one of the more, you know, best well-shot movies I've seen in a while. Yeah, Robin Mueller just yeah, absolutely like, destroys this And, one. like, 
you know, the Miami Vice, you know, 80s Miami Vice is, you know, it's an apt comparison, especially like the, the stylization. And I feel like they know exactly what, you know, great visual choice to make with each location. It's not like kind of like, uh, you know, a singular bag they have. It's like yeah. each location they find, like in the beginning, like it's a very short scene, but like you just see Defoe's character kind of like running through like his home in like the, you know, the early morning dawn, you kind oh, of get like that, that great silhouette shot. silhouette shots or uh, I'm pulling mostly from the beginning or even like when, uh, Peterson is, you know, trying to stop the, the, the terrorist and you get like these, you know, different colored bokeh lights like reflecting off his face mm-hmm. or whatever. Or like even like the stuff in Lancaster too. Like it's just like it's it's a little less showy, but it's like you get that uh, huge crane shot yeah. pulling up as Defoe drives away, which is a great contrast to all the like quickly cut run and gun mm-hmm. stuff. And even just kind of like knowing like I don't know, kind of uh framing the shot of like kind of like the car driving away in the dark and really having that emphasis on the car lights. It's like in terms of like color and lighting, this movie's on a, on a, on a whole nother level to me. I too. mean, some of the interiors even where there's like, um, oh. it's the boys, uh, at like the gym, like mm-hmm. sweating it out. Oh my there's God. one scene. I think, I think it's after they're like changing, but it's, there's like a red orange light sort of shining in yeah, through it, the side in the sauna. It's just drenched in red completely. Make it, look, it just looks so like, sick. Is this a sex place? What, what's yeah. going on here? Will Defoe's like, I've been coming to this gym every day for five, <laughs> five days a week for five years now. You can always catch me here having sex in the sauna. <laughs> <laughs> the river style. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No river style uh, sauna scenes in this, unfortunately. But yeah. speaking of, uh, you know, uh, improper uh, content and nudity and just lewd, fucking sinister Uh-oh. grossness. Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> uh, the the sex scene between uh, Peterson and his informant. You do get some pretty gracious uh, dong hanging, <laughs> where like the I I don't know the way that he shoots it is like Peterson's like. He has to try not to look into camera. Yeah. It's pretty funny yeah. the way he frames this so like male heavy. Like you get the initial shot of her revealing her breasts, but then you barely see her, and it's what? just Peterson. This is a man who made cruising. You know, I saw that Jim locker room sequence too. He has yeah. he has hey. his interests. Yeah, whatever. He has his whatever interests. works. Yeah, whatever I'm works. Not judging. We're not. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. I I came to a conclusion. I mean, uh, oh, I also. Okay. I, I don't think he would like to hear that. Conclusion. Uh, uh, I don't well, think hey, I agree with you. Come chop it up with me, Bill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the this the I mean just I I think the fact that like they have a meeting at the gym with Defoe or whatever Peterson uh, you know something that feels very like 80s to that very like pumping iron but like kind of like genre specific or not genre specific era specific yeah that I like and uh just the the pacing is good on that one where it's like I mean if we're talking about like Mamma Mia where it's like it's kind of like scenes in between like uh, chase sequences. It's not, there's some like the scenes, it doesn't have that exact same quality, but like there's great um, detail to some of these lesser, lesser action heavy scenes too, that, you know, to show a meticulous eye. Yeah. Like the, the informant that he has a kind of special relationship with, she works like the front counter at a strip club, which has a great, just like, a shot of him pulling up to it, just the huge sign that says topless from 11 a.m., <laughs> which is just, oh, God. I'm out, uh, I came out the door at 10.50. I'm going to have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> just chilling in the parking lot at 10.45. Uh, but yeah, in that scene, there's just like red and green gelled lighting that completely like 
drenches each character. Yeah, and, and like the I guess the different stages of depth that he uses each of these colors in is really fascinating. And anytime you get people in more of the art world, it's great. Like all these criminals just have these this insane gaudy eighties taste for their home decor yeah. and the paintings that they put up on the wall. And I, I really like that element of the production design. It's like not exactly always pretty, uh, but that these people are making huge choices with how they live. It's very, it's very interesting looking. And like another sequence I just remembered and how could I forget is like that weird club that Defoe goes to and he just sees all the, the dancers there. Nothing really in particular to say about well, that's that. That's why he's, where his girlfriend. His girlfriend. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. And like, but uh, yeah, it is a strange thing where they're all wearing like heavy makeup and wigs. And uh, at first, like, yeah, I don't know, just looking very strange. I think like that's definitely plays in, and this is an aspect I like about it. But like them, just like we're showing you every side of L.A. We're taking you to the clubs you think are too weird to step inside. You yeah, know I, I mean, mean, it feels like it's that gritty like faux re- like Hollywood realism yeah. that it's just like. I think it's just showing you like dirty and like intense imagery, I Mm -hmm. think is a kind of what is that sort of realism. I think it plays into it in the end where it's just like messy, violent and chaotic, but then goes into like, I don't know, sort of it's so it ends, I think, in a really funny way with Pankow kind of just like taking over uh, the (laughs) place. He's like, you're my bitch now. Yeah. (laughs) Well, cycle continues. He he has his like moral qualms after that crazy shootout that goes awry because they kill the FBI agent. And he's like, how the fuck am I going to get out of this? He talks to the same lawyer that Defoe gets represented by, which is hilarious. Uh, and he's just like, yeah, if you completely give up Peterson, uh, you know, we can reduce the sentence or whatever. And he's like, no, I'm going to stand by my partner. So the moral qualm is over and he's just going to stand by his partner. They're going to go in on this uh, setup. They're pretending to be Palm Springs businessmen, him and Peterson, uh, who don't even have a fucking tans. Yeah. Don't have a tan. Yeah. Come on. You're not from Palm Springs. <laughs> what is a ghost? Uh, Peterson's got a tan in this movie too. Like he's, he's you know, he's not the, he's not the palest man in the movie. Man around town. You know, thinking about like his informer, I feel like his informer lives Long Beach. Is that something like that? Yeah. Yeah. And like just the specificity of that location to where he has to park in like the grassy field. Yeah. Has to walk up and like her house overlooks like this, these export import piers and stuff like that. And it's just uh, like, I don't know. It's it just it's really familiar with the the milieu, the forbidden word. Uh, We've been so good about not <laughs> yeah, saying yeah. it. But it's I mean, hey, I think I think this movie this movie invites it. So I'll say it. Yeah. The, uh, the relationship with the informant is pretty depressing. Well, yeah. uh, where I mean, like to a point, obviously, it's kind of like a. <laughs> <laughs> cool cops cool cops having sex man that's yeah, the 80s. i was gonna say it's like the inverse of the the vic Mackey situation we True. were talking about last week where he has to like he's trying to get information from this lady and uh he's just like helping her detox and watching her kid meanwhile peter said this is just like well you know uh if it doesn't lead to an arrest you don't get paid and as i said uh, if you want bread fuck a baker <laughs> they make the deal and they uh, try to arrest Defoe and Peterson gets a shotgun shell to the fucking forehead. I, th- I thought he was dead for sure. He was say. dead. He was dead. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. For some reason I, f- there was like a, 
there's like there's a, a moment... shot of him pulling up at the end, but it's like a flashback. It's yeah, like... that's what confused because I remembered Pancow being, you know, the ending, the note kind of like Pancow's him now. Basically. Yeah, Pancow basically <laughs> just starts dressing like him and shows up at the informant's house and he's like, you work for me now. <laughs> but then it re-shows a shot of Peterson pulling up to that informant's house mm, the first time when it yeah. was very romantic still. And it kind of leaves you on that uh, kind of sad note there that, uh, you know, she's been passed off to an officer who may not be as nice to her true i mean hey you know we've all li- we all came to well me and jt came to la you know now are we in our dying phase you know what i'm is this as if we re- you know we've lived we've here. lived in la, we've lived in LA. <laughs> is is that is our fates meeting a similar end you know i don't know it's kind of a bad your, question you gotta meet your willem defoe type character <laughs> unless true. you are the willem defoe that's true type that is kind of i think that's I'm just the guy in the airport chase scene. Just I'm trying to take a piss here. True. Oh yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> yeah. they, they finally corner Totoro, and you get a great standoff between uh, airport security and Pankow unknowingly, and it's like a three-way standoff with guys showing their badges and guns, and then Totoro in the other corner, and then another guy just walks in. He's like, oh, I was just trying to take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that's some farce level shit right there. That is that, door slamming farce. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, it's I, I'm sorry. This is kind of scattered brain, but it is like the like uh, you know I respect them out freaking holds on that sex scene. You know, it gets it nice and sensual. Something I noticed about Bergman too. You know what I mean? He for fifties, you know, little kissing scenes. You know, Bergman was making it pretty hot, but. Uh, that's aside. That's aside the point. For those uh, wondering, we're talking about last week's episode where True. we talked about smiles <laughs> of a summer night. Just collecting all my thoughts, you know. Last getting, hour's episode, <laughs> scraping the bottom of my brain. I can go me. back and put that in the smiles of a summer night episode <laughs> if you want me to. <laughs> if there's a place where you feel like that, where I just randomly start talking about it. Uh, but yeah, so. Pankow assumes all duties. He kills Willem Dafoe. Uh, Willem Dafoe's girlfriend ends up getting like all of his painting fortunes, basically, uh, and just like moves on out and takes her sex tapes with her because uh, that's another aspect is Willem Dafoe would like to uh, record his sexual escapades on videotape and play them back later on, which isn't really indulged in too much. Like You just see it briefly. It's just something he does. Yeah, it's just something yeah. you see once in a while. You know, look, these people are up to a lot of stuff. He's a cool, artistic guy that has, you know, some cool things that he does, like <laughs> record all of his sexual interactions. <laughs> that is Which pretty is very, cool. That's pretty cool, pretty artistic, <laughs> reviewing the game tape. Uh-uh. He's just trying to be a better lover for the ladies. And isn't that what we all want when He's we have watching, sex? Yeah, you, we all know that Monday morning quarterback feeling <laughs> when you're playing back your sex tape, just thinking, oh, I could have done it better. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I guess we'll leave you with that thought on this week's After Hours. After Hours, all right. Um, yeah, see you next week. Oh, I have the pick for next oh, week for the After Hours. It's already, out. it's hot off the presses. Uh, Cafe Lumiere, uh, Ho Xiao Shen. Wow. I was hoping for Cafe Society. Yeah, me too, honestly. (laughs) Let's do it. See you next week. Got expenses, you know. Guess what? Uncle Sam don't give a shit about your expenses. You want bread? Fuck a baker. Just live and die.